0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to another special edition of the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Sherelle McMillan. And Sherelle, for the second time in two weeks, we are talking during the week because UNC got a commitment from a five-star recruit in the 2020 class. This time it was Caleb Love. Now, last time it was Walker Kessler who made a surprise commitment to UNC. But, you know, reading the tea leaves here, Rel, how big of a surprise was it that Love decided to attend Carolina for his college?
1: Uh, it wasn't terribly surprising. I mean, you never know with this kind of thing because the home state school, uh, Missouri was his other finalist. They always have a sway. There's always an appeal to stay home. It's easier for family. So, uh, you know, I think most people thought North Carolina, but you just never know really until he actually says, I'm going to North Carolina. So um, yeah, it's a big commitment for for Roy Williams
0: and his staff, and when they worked hard for it throughout the summer, and uh, you know the recruiting momentum continues. It absolutely does. That's something that we mentioned when Kessler committed. You know, now I really think that Coach Williams is going to be able to focus on the few remaining spots in this class. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, Rel. But you know, when you're looking at Caleb Love's profile, he's listed at six three, one seventy. And he plays at Christian Brothers High School. When you have watched his film and kind of been breaking down what type of player he is, how do you think he will fit into the Roy Williams-style offense at the point guard position? I think pretty well. And, you know, me and Ben Sherman watched him a ton. So we
1: watched him in in Atlanta back in April um, on the Nike EYBL circuit. And then we watched him a lot in July just because we had started to hear that North Carolina was doing well with them, that they were really interested. So he was definitely a a primary um, viewing for us down there. I think we watched him maybe four or five times in about a two-day stretch. And I think what you have to realize is that he's not like your prototypical kind of old-school point guard. He's kind of your prototypical new-school lead guard. And we've actually gone away from using point guard a little bit and gone more to lead guard. Because, you know, we've said it several times in the last couple of podcasts and and the way basketball is played now, you can't have somebody on the court um, at the point guard spot who has the ball in their hands a ton who can't score or who can't shoot. It's just not good for the makeup of your team. Um, It hinders everything, it causes spacing. So uh, I think, you know, in talking to folks who know his game well, he really is wired to score and scoring is what he does maybe best right now. And over the last, I'd say, year and a half, two years, he's kind of tried to make the transition from combo guard to kind of full-time lead guard. But uh, I think, and again, talking to folks who have seen him, you know, going back to when he was in eighth or ninth grade, what they like most is his versatility—that he can play both backcourt spots, um, and that he doesn't really mind, I guess, playing some as a combo guard or some as a two. Um, He also doesn't mind playing the lead guard spot either. So. He gives North Carolina great versatility. Um, he could be there starting point guard um, next season, not this one coming starting in October. Excuse me, starting in November, but the 2021 season. Or he could be maybe their starting combo guard in the 2020 uh, 2021 season. So I think that's what they like best about him is his versatility, his ability to score, his ability to push tempo, and he's a tremendous athlete as well.
0: Now, when you were mentioning about the transition that Love has had to make from kind of that combo guard into a lead guard, was he kind of a late bloomer, you think, on the true national recruiting scale? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he get a five-star rating kind of later on in the recruiting cycle?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't say he was a late bloomer. He was more of a regional guy. So more of uh, people in the Midwest basically knew about him. Um, They had seen him play. Uh, he came up in the Brad Bill Elite Program, which is one of the best uh, UIBL programs traditionally. They used to be the St. Louis Eagles, and now they're Brad Bill Elite, but they always have a ton of talent, they're always sending guys to Division one. Um, They have a couple guys in the NBA, so uh, he came up in that program, I think a lot of people knew him that way. It wasn't really, I'd say, until last summer slash uh, last fall that he really became a, a national level recruit, I think, and... Again, that was just as that process as he was going from combo guard, you know, or even shooting guard to combo guard to lead guard. And as he's continued to excel at that, coupled with the lack or dearth of point guards in this class who are
0: really impact players, I think that's how his profile continued to rise. So when you and Ben Sherman were watching him, you mentioned that he is a scorer first and foremost. How does he get his points? Like, does he use that athleticism to drive to the basket? Is he an above-average pull-up shooter? Can he hit from beyond the arc? Or is it just a kind of a mix of all three there?
1: Yeah, I'd say as far as like something that's in elite, elite level, I think he's an elite, elite level athlete. He's not quite a Cole Anthony level athlete, but I mean, he has tremendous uh, length. He has a six-nine wingspan, and he's 6 6'3". Um, he can jump out the gym. He's very quick. He likes to get out in any open court. Um, and talking to, you know, his AU coach and his high school coaches, they they talked about how they kind of changed their offense a little bit for him and um, pushed it into more of a up-tempo type style offense so that they could take advantage of his skill set. Um, and one thing that I think people have to realize about him, too, is that we talk about being wired to score. Everything that he does kind of pivots from his scoring in, in our limited observation in that, you know, if he gets a couple jumpers or you know, he gets a layup or a dunk that really impacts his passing that, that, you know, impacts his defense. So his scoring kind of gets him going. And once that gets going, he can do so many other things. Um As far as a shooter, I mean, I, you know, I'm not a shooting coach, but his form looks really good to me. Um He made a, a pretty good percentage when we watched him. Um Yeah. He's just, he's a guy who has a really high floor. You know, there, there's, he shouldn't be someone who doesn't contribute at all. He should be someone at minimum who plays really, um, strong minutes as a backup and that's the worst case scenario for him so like I said I think he has a a
0: high ceiling and a high floor you mentioned his AAU circuit that he plays in and then the Nike e-ball how does Love respond when he has been facing up against other elite nationally ranked talent
1: um I, I think he's played pretty well you know the time we saw him uh so they his team didn't qualify for the actual Peach Jam uh down in Augusta they were in kind of a adjacent tournament for some of the other Nike teams that didn't make the finals. Uh, But in that particular tournament, you know, there wasn't the level of competition he's probably used to. But when we watched him in Atlanta, that was against, you know, he played against pretty much everybody, all the players that North Carolina's offered that are on the Nike circuit he played against at some point. And he fared well. And then I think really uh, where people um, saw him taking that next step was at the USA uh, developmental mini camp in July in Colorado Springs. So that's basically um uh, at the end of July, they take, you know, maybe the I don't want to say the, the top forty, but most of the top players in the classes of uh, the sophomore junior and senior classes uh go out there and they have games and uh they have uh scrimmages and drills and situational stuff. And uh the National Scouts just kind of raved about the way he played out there. And, you know, again, talking to the people around him, that was kind of a, a big deal because He's a quiet uh, kid. I mean, he likes to joke around and have fun like anybody else. But on the court, uh, you know, I guess uh, vocal leadership is something that all of his coaches say that he's got to continue to work on. And they saw that at USA. They saw him play well. They saw him lead. They saw him kind of, you know, be that lead guard that they were looking for. So um, I I think USA is, you know, it really tells about who he can be on the basketball court because he played so well against so many other great players.
0: So he's one of the recruits that that does not shy away when the challenge level gets ranked up a few notches oh yeah, definitely not uh he's he's you know a lot of these
1: kids are, are very intense sometimes it's fake intensity. they just want you to think they're intense, and they start yelling and screaming, but he's not that type at all. He's very um calm you know, there were a couple of times we saw him lose his cool, not in a demonstrative way, but just kind of upset with himself, like you know tapping his chest, that kind of stuff because he does hold himself to a higher standard, I think. Um, you know, his dad told us and you can read uh, one of the stories we just posted for premium users. But basically, his dad said um, that, you know, there might be people might be people who work as hard as him, but no one's working harder. And a lot of dads say that. But I was particularly struck when his dad said that, because, you know, I, I believe them. It, it seemed very genuine. And um,
0: I, I think he works hard. And, and that's one of the reasons he's able to play so well against good competition. All right, good deal, man. Let's go ahead and take a very quick commercial break to talk about our friends at Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. They are a long-term Inside Carolina sponsor, and they are your place to go for Carolina gear. Basketball season is about to start. Football season is in full swing. So if you're in Chapel Hill for a game, make sure that you swing by their store. They're on Franklin Street, where they have been in service for decades. They have the very best customer service, and they have absolutely everything that you could want as a Carolina fan. If you can't make it into Chapel Hill, then you can shop at giant t-shirt.com and always remember that if you are an inside Carolina premium subscriber, you get 10% off of your orders either there in the store or at giant t-shirt.com. So that's giant t-shirt, giant t-shirt.com. Your place to go for Carolina gear. All right, rail. So in looking at loves recruitment, what do you think it was about chapel Hill that allowed him to fall in love with the campus, with the coaching staff, and was kind of the tipping point that made him select the Tar Heels over Missouri?
1: I think it was a variety of things. I think you start with the opportunity that was afforded or will likely be afforded to him because the expectation is that Cole Anthony has a 99.999% chance of entering the NBA draft and only being at UNT for one year. So they're going to need uh, another point guard, regardless of, of who... Stays who comes back, who gets healthy, they still need another point guard. And, you know, he's kind of seen what Kobe White's done. He's seen the buzz around Cole Anthony and their message to him has been, hey, we we need you to come in and we need you to to be the next guy. And we've got this thing rolling. So um, come on in and do it. So that's one is the opportunity. I think number two, you know, we posted it a couple of weeks ago when he visited, I guess it was almost two weeks ago, but he and his family, I, I don't say this lightly, they really were blown away by North Carolina's presentation by the fans um, and really by the honesty of Roy Williams. Um, talking to his parents, again, we have a story posted for premium members. That's one of the things that really resonated with them, was just how honest he was, how upfront and it wasn't, you know, they said it wasn't a show um, for them. It was just Roy Williams having a conversation, his staff having conversations and then moving forward and everybody having a clear level set expectations of what Caleb could do and what he could not do at North Carolina. You know, they're not going to promise, you know, a starting role or anything. Williams always says that practice determines who starts. And I think they actually like that. That message still
0: meshes with some people's philosophy. Now, who was the assistant coach who was the lead recruiter for Love? Steve Robinson. Now, Coach Robinson, correct me if I'm wrong, Rel, but he's had some pretty significant success on the recruiting trail as of late, right? Yeah, I mean, really, all, all the staff have. they have. They've... they've as the NCA
1: cloud has lifted, and as uh, Kobe White and Cole Anthony and the Cedar Little to some degree have kind of shown that it's "quote unquote" cool to play at North Carolina again, and Roy Williams, in as he's gotten older in his career, definitely seems to be embracing you know the fun side of things. Uh, you know, he still is going to get after his guys in practice, and
0: um, oh, yeah,
1: you know, he's still a competitor. But he does seem to be, uh, for lack of a better term, lightening up a little bit, and. I think all of that plays into it. I think having Sean May and Kendall Marshall on staff plays into it. I think the job that Huber Davis does on the recruiting trail, that Brad Frederick does with grad assistant, with grad transfers. I think all of them working together, they've kind of figured something out about how you know they're able to get uh, prospects, how they're able to get recruits to come, one, to visit North Carolina, and two, to blow them away. That's one thing we've consistently heard since Roy Williams got back to North Carolina, you know, 16 years ago, was that they do official visits well, and they always feel they have a chance, because when you walk into the Smith Center and you kind of see all that history, it can, it can overwhelm some people. And it's one of the reasons he always tells them to go home and think about it. He doesn't want to be swept up in emotion. Um, but I think for Love and his family, it, it blew them away. And they went home and slept on it and slept on it. And they made a decision that they wanted to go to UNC.
0: So Love will join an already impressive recruiting class with fellow five-star Walker Kessler, then also fellow five-star Dayron Sharp. So when you're looking at the projections for the rest of the 2020 class, who all do you think the staff is really still targeting at this point? I think it's the
1: guys who came, you know, to late night with Roy. Uh, Cade Cunningham, who is a kind of jack-of-all-trades, point guard slash shooting guard slash small forward. Uh, Zaire Williams, who is a wing, can play as a big guard or as a small forward as a shooter. Um, I, I think those two are kind of at the top, <laughs> I guess, of the list, if, if you want to call it that. And then Bryce Thompson, who is a player out of Oklahoma, he's kind of a combo guard. They are still after him. And then they have Earl Timberlake and RJ Davis, a guard and a forward coming in October for official visits. So they still have a few guys on the radar, but I think Cunningham and Williams are kind of, to to me, I, I think the, the top two, the the guys they
0: really, really are going hard after. Now, in a previous podcast, you mentioned that Love and Cunningham can potentially see the floor at the same time. How do you think their games complement each other in the way that would allow them to do that? Well, like we were saying
1: before, you know, in talking to coaches and other players and parents, you know, one of the things that people love about Love <laughs> is his versatility, his ability to play multiple positions in the backcourt. And something that we know Roy Williams loves about Cunningham is that he really could play the one through the three. It just depends on um, where they want him at and where he's comfortable. So that versatility allows uh, both of them to be able to play together because they're both Uh, I'd say Love is a better shooter, but Cunningham's a great distributor. Love is a great athlete. They're both long. They're both athletic. So it wouldn't be an issue on the defensive end either. So I I definitely think they can coexist. And, you know, we talked about how Love is wired to score. If Cunningham were to pick North Carolina, then, you know, Love could do some of that. They could push the ball after a made basket. Either one could push it up the court. It doesn't really matter. Similar to what uh, Roy did with uh, Marcus Page and Joel Barry and Kendall Marshall and Dexter Strickland and then back in his days in Kansas as well.
0: Do you get the sense that love and Cunningham that they have a pretty close relationship? Like, do they kind of go in the same circles at all where one's announcement could potentially impact the other one? I, I don't know if one will, now,
1: will uh, impact the other. Um, now that love is at North Carolina, I don't know that that makes North Carolina, you know, that much more attractive, you know, it for Cunningham, uh, you know, he, you would have another great player with him. So I guess in that respect it does, but I don't think his decision will impact, Love's decision won't impact Cunningham's that much. Uh, they are friends, uh, all these kids, because they start playing AU when they're 11 or 12. Um, they play grassroots for three or four years. And a lot of times when guys are in the same circuit, they are at these events, you know, four or five times a year. And they're there for four or five days spending time together. Then they go to, you know, the Nike academies over the summer and they spend time together. They go to USA They spend time together. So you do that for a few summers and you get to know someone pretty well. Plus they have access that maybe some older folks didn't have as far as, you know, social media and texting and calling and Skyping. So they can really stay in contact the way maybe previous generations couldn't. So all that to say they are friends, but I don't think that, you know, love's decision will impact Cunningham one way or the other.
0: All right. Let's take our last commercial break. When we get back, let's go ahead and wrap up the discussion about Love's Commitment. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. And we're back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Seely here with Sherelle McMillan. So, Rail, kind of the last topic I wanted to go over with you is the momentum. And we mentioned it before when Kessler committed. Now with Love also joining the fold. I mean, the potential is there for UNC to finish with a top five, if not potentially the number one recruiting class for 2020. How big of a deal do you think it is that Coach Williams and his staff have been able to land such high-profile recruits and in quick succession?
1: It's definitely a, a big deal because it shows other recruits that people want to play in North Carolina again. And now I think the recruiting stuff maybe has gotten a little bit overblown over the years because North Carolina still is one of the more uh, accomplished programs of the last decade, even with some of the recruiting issues they had. But, you know, Williams has talked about it during the NCAA stuff they couldn't get five stars to visit campus. And here we, you know, here you are three or four years later and they have five, five stars on campus at one time. Um, Zaire Williams is taking his third uh, trip across the country to visit North Carolina. He's the number one ranked small forward in the country. Katie Cunningham is the number two ranked overall player in the country. He's taking an official visit in North Carolina. Naseer Little a couple of years ago, Cole Anthony last year. Um, So, Things are definitely changing. Um, They do have a a ton of momentum. And I think, you know, as players continue to pick Carolina, you know, that's how you get that snowball effect. And players say, oh, that's a good place to go. I can go there. I can do what I need to do. I can win. And then I can, you know, if I want to go to the NBA after a year, I can do that. If not, it's a good school and I can get a good degree. So it kind of has everything they're looking for. And I think North Carolina is set up over these next three or four years to really go on an impressive recruiting run just because of the work that really started after the NCA investigation ended as they tweaked their approach, they added staff, and then the success of Kobe White kind of, you know, pushed everything forward.
0: So with UNC being able to land these freshman five star guys, do you think that the staff will still be targeting the grad transfers as heavily as they have? Or would that kind of be something that they have in their back pocket in case they have maybe an injury or someone elects to go pro that the staff was not anticipating?
1: Yeah, I think they'll always look at any way possible to um, increase the talent on their roster heading into a season. So if that's traditional transfers, if it's graduate transfers, if it's decommitments, if it's players signing in the spring. Now, I don't think they want a repeat of last year where they had to sign four players in a month to kind of, you know, build up the depth from losing so many players. But I think they are fine um, using it in the way they did uh, the year that Cam Johnson signed with North Carolina. So that year they needed, potentially needed another big guy. And so Garrison Brooks decommitted from Mississippi State and ended up signing with Carolina. And then they needed a replacement for Justin Jackson, who was going pro. And they got uh, Cameron Johnson as a grad transfer. So I think that is more of the model that they would prefer, uh, prefer, you know, if you're signing a class of five, I think they would prefer three or four freshmen and maybe one grad transfer as opposed to what they have this year, which is four freshmen, two grad transfers. So um, I think one is kind of what they're looking for, but, you know, the way Cam Johnson has worked out and the early returns on Christian Keeling
0: and Justin Pierce, you know, is definitely something they'll keep in their back pocket. I was gonna say I think the the Cam Johnson graduate transfer that worked out pretty well for UNC. It did. And the fact that, you know, it, it rarely happens, but
1: the fact that he had two years, um, because he's such a good person in the classroom was just tremendous from North Carolina because, you know, we can go into this in another podcast, but The fact they got two years out of him um, was really impressive. And part of it was because of his injury and he just wanted to be ready for the NBA whenever that time came. But that really changed a lot of stuff for North Carolina because they didn't have a replacement, a ready-made replacement for Justin Jackson. So that's the
0: kind of stuff that I think,
1: you know, they'll use grad transfers for in the future if they can stay on this recruiting run is to plug unexpected holes.
0: If you had to say any final words or parting thoughts on Caleb Love to the UNC fans, what would those be? Yeah, I would say um, just don't take it for granted because they are after other players in the class. I
1: mean, no matter what happens from this point moving forward, Caleb Love, Walker Kessler, and Dayron Sharp is among the two or three best classes that Roy Williams assigned in North Carolina, just based on recruiting rankings, not what they did in college, but just entering, you know, leaving high school, entering college. It's in that space already. And, you know, Caleb Love is a great player. And I just don't want people to be like, okay, they got this piece, now let's go to the next piece. Like, no, these are really good players to should be given their due um, that, you know, took North Carolina. They they beat Louisville and Kansas and Missouri and Arizona teams they've struggled with um, on the recruiting trail the last couple of years. So um, I think fans should make sure that they really understand how good of a job the staff did
0: to land love before they go on to say, okay, who's next? Well, if the heels do land Cunningham or Zaire Williams or I think, the fan base may just, it, it'll explode, man, at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a chance. It's just, you have to wait and see, and there's a lot of stuff that goes into the decisions of a, of a college or a high school kid, so um, you just have to wait and see. They, they put definitely put their best foot forward this past weekend. I don't think it could have gone any better mm-hmm. um, from a North Carolina perspective as far as, you know, the crowds and what happened and what they saw and what they experienced and how the guys bonded together. But, you know, it's a waiting game now.
0: It is. Well, regardless of what happens with the other recruitments, UNC did land their point guard for the class of 2020. Cale Bluff, five-star guy. I'm very excited about him coming to Chapel Hill to see what he can bring to the team. We'll go ahead, though, and end this one. Thanks a lot for talking to me, Raul. Hope that you have a good rest of your week, man. Yep, appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase?
1: Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You're ready, Bob. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley won Love, Ready, PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount
0: Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24 7.